You're listening to the Make Chic Happen podcast with your hosts, Melanie Mitro and Katie Ursta, where we navigate the messy middle of building a business and all the work that goes into designing a life you love. Melanie Mitro built a seven-figure network marketing empire while working at the kitchen table, raising her boys and trying not to lose her mind. Melanie loves chatting all things marketing, time management, and leadership development. Katie created the foundation of her seven-figure business while teaching full-time, battling cancer, raising her boys and avoiding all things laundry. Katie's got you covered with social media storytelling and impact-driven income. We're building a business right alongside you, giving you the inside scoop to the reality of entrepreneurship, the good, the bad, and the really, really messy middle. We're not letting you build your business alone. Pull up a chair, grab your coffee, and let's make chic happen. Now, here's your hosts, Melanie and Katie. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Make Chic Happen podcast. It is Katie and Melanie, and today we have a pretty exciting interview. You guys, as we were getting ready to kick off this interview, it's crazy. Our podcast guest asked us where we first ran into into Jasmine, like where we first heard about her. And we were talking about the Kajabi Summit and how we heard her speak last year. And she was sharing how she actually this morning was just sort of had this aha moment where that Kajabi Summit like was a pivotal shift in her business and how she was so thankful for that. And then here we are today interviewing her. So kind of wild and crazy turn of events, how how all things kind of fall into place. But our guest today is none other than the Jasmine Star. And if you don't know her, let me give you just a brief little intro. She is a new mama, a photographer, a business strategist, and she is from Newport Beach, California. She dropped out of law school and became an internationally recognized entrepreneur later to become the founder of Social Curator, which is a social media marketing membership for business owners. She is has a, a bold personality. She has intense hustle, and she empowers entrepreneurs to build a brand, to market on social, and create a life they love. Some days you will find her featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc. Magazine, and other days you're going to find her live on Instagram, hosting Ask Me Anything sessions on Facebook, and empowering business owners to build a life they love on her podcast, The Jasmine Star. Our show. So let's get into today's episode. You guys get a pencil handy because you're not going to want to miss all of the tips she gives us today. All right, you guys, we are so excited because today we have a very special guest with us. We have Jasmine Starr in the house today to talk to us about social media tips, strategies, and all of that. But I am actually giving you a legit assignment right now. I love you so much, but I actually am going to encourage you to push pause on this podcast. And if you have not yet, I actually want you to go to her podcast right now, Jasmine Star, and I want you to listen to the episode of how to build your business while social distancing. And you guys, it's not just about social distancing. She gives the mic drop on what it's like and the courage it takes to build a business during a tidal wave, right? And she talks to you about being a raft builder. And we can look at this season, the one we're currently in, and say, man, there's just a tidal wave. I feel like I am being knocked over by the waves. And you allow it to just 
crush you and like just roll you on over. But you also have a choice. You can really get on that raft and you can ride the wave and you can be assured that something amazing is going to come from whatever this struggle is. So before we get into this podcast, I need you to tell me that you are a raft builder. I need you to know that what she's going to be telling us today is all about what people can do to take action in their business. They are going to move the raft forward. So before we turn it over to Jasmine, just say out loud, I am a raft builder. And you get on that raft and you are going to go. So you guys, it is an honor today. I'm so excited. Jasmine, what is up? I am so happy with an intro like that. I'm just like, oh my God, there's no pressure. I'm about to like build the Wazark up in here for the Chic Influencer podcast. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh. You know, a lot of our a lot of our listeners don't know Jasmine. So can you give us just a little bit of your story um, and kind of how you came to where you are today? Absolutely. And if you don't mind, in order for me to put things in context. Could I flip this script? I mean, it's so rude of me to ask a question to a question, but when did our path first cross? Because I think that's going to help create the narrative of how things have changed for me. It doesn't have to be the exact time, but you know, oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I, know was building, I know I was building my network marketing business and this was probably four or five years ago. And I saw a, I think it was a post that you did on social media and it was about how to take a good picture. It had to be about four years ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shiz, I am doing this all wrong. And so <laughs> I have watched you since then. But the first time we really watched you on stage actually presenting and speaking uh, was at the Kajabi Summit this yeah. past year. It yeah. was actually, it was in April 2019. It was a year ago. Oh, yeah. see. I like putting things in context, y'all. I mean, this right here, and now all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, everything's distilling because I actually, um, I don't, to say that I journal seems like a bit of a stretch, right? It's like every day I just write down, it's like a gratitude list of sorts. And I have a 365 day kind of like journal. And I literally just write four or five sentences just as reminders and triggers to see the progress that life has has been making. And at the time of this recording, y'all, like it was a year ago to the date that we were in the same room at Kajabi. Isn't that crazy that you bring that up? And the thing that I read just this morning was, thank you God for the Kajabi stage, because this is the first time in my speaking career that I felt a shift in momentum. Wow. So the fact that we were actually in that room together, you guys saw like a different iteration. There was something that happened in that room that like I stepped into who I was supposed to be. So crazy that that's happening. So thank you guys for being in the room. And then thank you for reading random posts on the internet, which is, is so cool. You know, how I got started. So a little bit of the backstory is um, I dropped out of law school. And I'm a first-generation daughter of an immigrant, first-generation college student, first-generation post-grad. And it kind of felt like going to school and getting an education was the thing that you did as a daughter of an immigrant. And I just happened to be really, really wildly depressed while I was in law school because my mom had brain cancer. And when I was in my first year of school, she had a relapse of brain cancer and it just shook everything in my world. And I was tired, stressed, overwhelmed. And then when I got the news of her relapse, became wildly depressed. And so I did what any Latina does. It's like, you just move back home. 
that's what you do. Like when all, when all hell breaks loose, you just move back with mom and dad. And so there I was 25 years old, completely overwhelmed and stressed with what life, you know, was throwing my way. And I had been dating my high school sweetheart. And I just said, I want my mom to see us get married. We've been together a really long time. And you see like my life, it's like my life was planned in an Excel spreadsheet. I was like, okay, so as I entered my third year of law school, then we'll get married and we'll live in West Los Angeles. It's like I had everything planned out and life never works like how it should go into plan. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, let's please just get married. I just want my mom to see us get married. So planned a wedding in like three months. And in the process of choosing a photographer, my mind was like open to the fact that like, there are people who get paid to be creative. Like in my whole world, it was, you know, how you got out of the barrio was like literally you're an athlete or you get an education. And so when I saw somebody pursuing an artistic endeavor and getting paid for it, I was like, what is this magical thing? And uh, we got married, came home from our honeymoon and I was slated to go back to UCLA. Now I was at UCLA with a full academic scholarship. Like it's crazy for anybody to say like, Oh, Hey, just give that up and you know, be poor as a photographer. But I was just like, I have this dream of being a photographer. And my husband said, okay, but you don't have a camera. And I was like, I know, but if I did, I really think I could make this work. So I opened my very first digital camera, January 1st, 2006. And by 2009, I was voted one of the top photographers in the world. And people often ask, how did that happen? And the simplest answer is you don't have to be good. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to be cute or rich or popular or witty or fun. You have to care about people. When you make your business caring about other people, you will always be in business. Now, the way that it worked out for me is I was caring about business. I was caring about people with a camera. That was my business. Now, Katie, she was caring about people through you know digital sales and um, being a part of selling. Like She was passionate about helping people with a product. There are other people who have physical locations and they're passionate about making people's day and they're a florist. It's like we, when we make our business about people, you will always be in business. And that really opened the doors for me to care about people online. And then I started teaching business owners how to care about people. And I know that sounds so woo woo, like girl on the podcast from California, like she's just into her yoga and like green juices, which is true. But at the same time, it's truly a business is about serving other people. When you do that well, you'll always be in business. I mean, it's not woo-woo at all. It is that we preach that to the high heavens. We just did an interview today earlier and said the exact same thing, like the exact same thing. Well, amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. (laughs) You know, and I don't know why it's so hard. People just really struggle with that concept. And and I think they kind of come in with, I have something I need to sell and they just get so stuck in, I need to sell that thing. I need to sell that thing. And they forget that there's a person on the other side of that, that computer screen, you know? So One of our questions that we have for you is, you know, we had kind of said before that we started recording is that most, a lot of our people are new business owners and they're also new to building their business and especially on Instagram. And so, you know, and it's very overwhelming if you're kind of stepping into this space for the first time and you've obviously navigated it from, from the start to where you are today. So if you could kind of give your like best start somewhere advice, what would you say? To first make the commitment. Like I don't ask for anything other than a commitment. 
because oftentimes it's so easy to give yourself space and permission and latitude to always live in the, well, I'm not quite sure. And like, whatever you say you're capable of, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. If you say you're capable of being wishy-washy, you're going to be wishy-washy. If you say you're capable of posting to Instagram twice a week, you're capable of it. And if you say that you're capable to post every single day, guess what? You're capable. It is a complete decision. So the best starting point that I can give anybody is make the commitment to yes, and then be true to it because your business deserves that. So after you've made the commitment, then my second point, which is the foundation of every type of anything I ever approach online is consistency. Consistency is what wins the game. It is not about being an influencer. It is not about being popular. It is truly about finding a way to connect with a small group of people day in and day out. Those are the people who become your customers. And those are the people who I cherish and value the most as I engage on social. So along those lines, when you talk about being consistent, is there any consistent behavior that you do on Instagram or social media that is more than just posting? Because I think a lot of people think I can just put up a post and, you know, they put up their arms in Ace Ventura style, like everybody's going to come to me, like all everybody's just going to flock. And what are some of those consistent things that we can be doing as business owners that are going to help us not just grow, but like get to know our people, really create that sense of culture and community within our own grid? So, I mean, if if anybody's been following me for more than five seconds, they know that number one, I'm a straight shooter. And number two, I tell it exactly how it is. And number three, like, I I don't know if it's because I'm brown and I've only ever seen my dad work for everything he's ever gotten. And I'm like, listen, friends, you're owed nothing. Nobody owes you nothing. You're not a special snowflake. Instagram isn't there to serve you. You are there to serve prospective customers, period, the end. If you're putting out a post and then being like, make it rain, you're going to be standing in the Sahara Desert. It's not going to happen. It just doesn't work like that. And so if that's the idea that you have going into Instagram, you're going to be wildly let down. So if we know we get nothing, And if we know that whatever we get, it's a byproduct of the work and engagement we actually gave, now we're going to have a real conversation. Because if you go out with your palms held out, nothing's going to come into it. So what I want you to do is turn the palms upside down, bring them together, and start clapping your way to talking to other people. So in order to get engagement, you have to give engagement. This is the basic 10x rule. If you want one comment on your Instagram post, you have to go and give 10 comments. If you want 10 likes on your Instagram post, you got to go and like a hundred different photos. And people hear this and they're like, oh my gosh, what? Like, (laughs) yeah, nobody knows you're on the internet, Buttercup. Nobody knows you exist. So just because, and I'm even talking about the people who have a a, a group of a hundred thousand people on Facebook and they have a hundred thousand people who like their page. I'm talking to those as much as I am talking to the person who has 10 people on their Facebook page. When you go to a new platform, everything is created equal. We all have to say, Hey, I am here. So if you walked into a cocktail party with a room full of strangers and you stood in the center of the room and you stood up with your hands out like this, nobody would come and shake your hand. That's not the way the world works. So if you want people to know that you're at the cocktail party, what do you have to do? Do the uncomfortable, awkward thing that any of me, like I'm an introvert, I hate it. 
I have to go up to people and it's so awkward and you have to make small talk. And guess what? Same thing on Instagram. If nobody's talking to you, it's because you're not talking to anybody first. So good. It's so simple, but it's one of those things that people just, we can overlook because we get so busy thinking about the sale. We get so busy thinking about the bottom line that we're not thinking about the impact over the income. So I love that, that thought. But mm -hmm. Instagram has created tools that will equalize the Instagram algorithm. When anybody says, oh, the algorithm, algorithm's out to get me, no, it's not. No, it's not. The algorithm is just math. If people aren't seeing your posts, it's because the post wasn't good. Like, mm -hmm. nobody's out to get you. Like, the internet is agnostic. There's no such thing as popular people. There are just people who know how to create content in a way that makes somebody take an action. <laughs> any action. So when we talk about any actions, what kind of things could we do to increase the likelihood of somebody taking an action? Well, I recommend showing up on Instagram stories every day. I also recommend showing up on Instagram every day. Like it, it's like when you want to go on a diet, you're going to, the more you work out and eat better, guess what? The quicker you get the results, just like Instagram, the more you show up on Instagram and the more you engage, the quicker you get the results. So I recommend Instagram stories. I also post on IGTV two to three times a week and I go live two to three times a week. Now, here's the thing. This is not a generalization. I do not think you must do all of those things to be successful, but my actions on Instagram map my aspirations. The rate at which I want to grow is massive, so I must do more to get the results that I want. But any action that anybody takes, even if it's just like, I've never done stories, and you decide to do one story for five days in a row, I am going to be cheering the loudest for you because you're doing the dang thing. I love that. I love that. And I was like, even before, as we were prepping for, for this interview, I was like, okay, we need to make sure that she talks about not just what you see on the front end, but you really got to talk about the back end. And you did it. Like you talked about it because it's so important. People kind of miss that step. I really do think people just put content out there and then expect for people to come to them. And they don't really think about, okay, they're not like analyzing it. What could I be doing differently? What could I be doing wrong? How do I just actually become more of a professional friend maker than, you know, just somebody that is like standing at the party in the middle of the room waiting for people to come up to them, you know? So really and flipping I that. I, yes. So let's flip it. But I want to be very clear that when somebody's hearing this and I don't want to use the word friend maker, Mm -hmm. Because I'm not in the business and I'm not in Instagram to make friends. I am here to be a trust builder. Mm -hmm. So if I don't leave a cocktail party and I don't have any new friends, it doesn't mean anything to me. But if I leave a cocktail party and people trust me, trust is the digital currency on the web. If you have not gotten sales or customers, it's because there's a high likelihood that people don't trust you. Okay. Not because you're not a good person or not because your product or service isn't amazing. They just have to trust that their hard-earned dollar, that when they bring out their credit card, that they had spent weeks saving up for and working, that you on the other end are going to deliver the thing that you promise on. The more real, authentic, and consistent your work becomes, the higher your trust goes up. So somebody listening to this right now might say, but how do I do that? How do I build my trust factor based on like what I promote, what I sell, what I stand for? How do you build that trust factor? 
I know this sounds, you all are going to get tired of me going back to the (laughs) same dang point. And it's consistency because what I see so often in the digital landscape with online entrepreneurs is that they show up when it's convenient for them. Like, oh, it's Christmas. I'm going to show up all day. Oh, it's back to school. I have my back to school sale. So what happens is you're quiet and then you see a a new product line about to launch. Your course is going to launch. Your uh, company that you work with, like, your MLM is having like a new launch, a new line. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've got to show up three times a day. And so what happens is you go from radio silence to I need to sell something. I'm here a lot. The cart closes, the bonuses expire, or the line is done. And then you go back to being quiet. Nobody's going to trust you. If you're only showing up to sell, then no, nobody's going to want to be incentivized to give you your credit card. When it comes to building trust, what I always suggest is number one, Put yourself in the shoes of your dream customer. Now, if you have a personal Instagram account, something that you just want to use for your babies and your vacations and you want to show up and all you want to do is post memes, go on with your bad self because that Instagram account is for you. If you plan on using Instagram for your business, then Mm -hmm. all of your posts or the vast majority of your posts should be in service of your customer. So what you need to do to build trust is not think about your business or what you want to sell, although that will come. What you first need to do is identify, number one, who am I actually selling to? Because if you're trying to sell to a woman, too broad of an audience, if you're trying to sell to a woman between the ages of 25 and 45, still too broad of an audience. If you're trying, because like, let's pause here. If you're trying to sell to, let's say you're a yoga professional, you want to sell online classes. The way that you speak to a 25 year old woman is so different. She's probably either barely having kids or just starting her career or trying to get her footing on the world versus selling to a 45 year old woman who probably has empty nests, established in her career, thinking about her next chapter in life. The way that you speak and the nuances and the cultural references that you're making are so wildly different to that customer. So when you've clearly identified who you're selling to, number one, then number two, it becomes so much easier to put yourself in her shoes and think what keeps her up late at night? What are her biggest fears? How does she like to spend her time? Why is she on Instagram? Why would she even buy the thing that I'm selling? And how then do I speak to her? The greatest compliment that anybody can give your business isn't necessarily, oh, your product or service is amazing. That's nice. Mm -hmm. But the greatest compliment comes before a credit card or a transaction has taken place. And that is, I feel like you were talking just to me. Mm -hmm. The minute somebody says that to you, hot dang, you are on your way to just killing the game. When you talk to that person as if you know them and you saw them and you smelled them, they're like, I trust you. Game over. So good. You actually answered my question. So we would have to ask. Hold on. What was your question? I want to know what it is. I wanted to know really what makes you crazy. Like what makes you cringe on social media when you're seeing posts because you just want to help people, right? And you want people to do social media in a way that feels good and and grows, you know, authentically. And it really creates a, a culture and a community on a page. And you feel people's story, right? When you can feel like you're in somebody's story and that they're speaking directly to you, but a lot of people don't really know how to do that or how to like craft that skill. Do you have any starting tips for how to just become a better writer just to start speaking more to a specific person as opposed to at them? 
I mean, yeah, I, this sounds completely, y'all know I didn't know any of these questions. So I'm going to give a free resource and it's just a free resource. There's no like trip wiring to get you all in from like email funnel. Like, no, it's just jasminestar.com forward slash copywriting included in this copywriting are just tips. And it's a way for you to figure out who your dream customer is and understanding that like when you're like how to become a better writer, it's like, there's a storytelling template with a list of adjectives that you can literally copy and paste and put them in there and just be like, Oh, now I get the flow. Now I know who I'm talking to. But on the inside of social curator, we actually have a formula and this is a formula that we've refined year over year. And it's called the H I C. I usually just say hick. The hick formula is this is how to create an engaging caption. Engaging caption is getting people to actually talk back. And so H I C H is the hook. This is the thing that's going to stop somebody from scrolling and say, Oh wait, I want to read them the click more because currently on Instagram, you get two lines of text. That's less than a hundred characters. What can you say in less than a hundred characters? That's going to actually make somebody read the click more because studies show that that is also an impression on the algorithm. When somebody actually clicks on the read more, that shows they took an action on behalf of your account. So what's like a good hook? What's going to actually get somebody to read the rest of it? It's like a juicy share. Like I've never admitted this before on Instagram. Oh, what is that? Mm-hmm. It's like calling all essential oil lovers. Oh, well, that's me. I'm pre-qualifying. So you're going to stop somebody. That's the hook. Then you're going to share your I and that's insights, two to three insights. Now, this is where I encourage people to share a personal look on their professional life. Like people say, I don't know how to mix business and pleasure. You don't have to. You can just have highlights of what make you special. So let's go back to the, um, I can't believe I'm going to admit this on Instagram. Oh, you click more, two to three insights. Number one, I'm the daughter of an immigrant and I always worried that I would never be able to fulfill my dream. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, becoming a quitter was the best thing that ever happened to me. I quit things that don't make me happy. Then we move into the CTA which is the C in the HIC formula. And this is where you ask for engagement. If I was going through this caption, I could ask for engagement by, has there ever been anything in your life that you quit that made you really happy? How do you experience moments of dissatisfaction? Or bare bones, leave an emoji if you have ever been a quitter, right? So we have to ask for the thing that we want. HIC, hook, two to three insights, and then the C, call to action. Perfect. Love it. I love it. So good. So good. Okay. So I am going to just flip a little bit because I want to ask this question about just social media and the evolution because I personally don't show up on social media maybe the same way as I did even in 2019 based on the features, based on updates, based on the way that things are being used today versus then, even just, you know, in 2011 when I started really leveraging social media. So even now, today, in 2020, what are some of the things that people that are marketing on social media, like do not ignore these things, these features, especially on Instagram that that the platform is giving us, what are some of the best things to kind of leverage for 2020 or pay attention to? So because you kindly explain the audience and the listeners of where they're at, I'm going to tailor my response in the best interest of who the listeners are. Generally speaking, I say, if you want to grow the fastest on Instagram, go live. It's also the hardest thing to do. (laughs) You know, nobody shows up and you're like talking into the void. 
So I feel like we can talk about that perhaps if you would find that strategy valuable for right now for people who are really just jumping out of the nest. The best thing that you can do is to prove to the Instagram algorithm that people actually want to see and hear your content. How then could you do this? Well, they've made it so easy on Instagram stories. They have given you tools to use in your stories to give Instagram an indication of how many people are watching and what do they want to know more. So I call them engagement tools. So if you go to Instagram and you do a story, in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a little square with a happy face. You'll click on the happy face and then it'll bring up a toolbar of lots of things that you can use, like a quiz, a slider bar, a poll, the chat feature. Using these Anytime somebody slides at any capacity or takes a vote in any capacity or chooses one of your quizzes in any capacity, it means that they're actually doing something with your story, which indicates to the Instagram algorithm that something as simple as a tap is good. It's when you do those things and people aren't engaging, that's indicating to the algorithm that those people don't want to see your stories. So for me, like stories and posts go hand in hand. I have noticed that when I have a post do really well on Instagram, my Instagram story views are really high. I've also noticed that when I have a really good, so randomly, uh, goodness, two weeks ago, like, listen, everybody's in quarantine. Like studies have shown that people, twice the amount of people are spending twice the amount of time on social. So this is such a great opportunity for people who are just getting started. And we feel say, oh, the Instagram boat left without me. No, no, no. The boat is still in the dock. Hop on. And so what I had randomly, I was bored, created a game, like a, a game called COVID Island. And it was random of like, what would you choose? you know, food or toilet paper. And I just put little emojis in these polls. And then it's like, would you rather be stuck with a laptop or a book? And it was literally a this or that. And it was a story like six to eight. And my drop-off rate was so low. Like that meant that people stayed. So you can see how many people start with your story. So let's say you have six stories and you have like 200 at the beginning and then you have like 12 at the end. That means that the story set wasn't very strong. People don't want to see it either in that capacity or the way that it was presented. But using this like COVID, I called it COVID Island. You're stuck on COVID Island. What are the things that you would choose? The story, like people stayed the whole time and just that engagement caused my post to actually perform better that day. So there is for my, I mean, listen, I don't know. I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. I don't sit on the algorithm team, but what I can see is the two were definitely, uh, definitely related. Now for somebody who is listening and being like, Jasmine, only two people are voting on a poll. Great. That's two more people than you had. And what I want you to do is go to your poll results. Even if it's like, do you like oatmeal cookies or chocolate chip cookies, whatever, you're going to click on the oatmeal, you're going to see who voted. And then what you're going to do is you could see a list of people who voted. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to send Katie a DM because she likes oatmeal cookies and I'm going to give her the engagement that I want and be like, I love oatmeal too. My grandmother's recipe is the best. And if Katie doesn't respond to me, it ain't a thing. I'm going to keep on going. And then the next time I do a poll, if I see Katie voted again, huh? So she's voting, but maybe she's not sure how she wants to respond to me. Then I'm going to respond to her again. I'm going to do the long game of cultivating a follower who then becomes a commenter. It's kind of like social dating. It's just oh, really totally. You know, I, I mean, and here's the thing: I am such, I am such. You all don't even get it. I am such a good social dater, and it's <laughs> ironic. It's ironic because I've dated one man, 
And that man was the man I married. We met when we were 16. Like, so people like, you know, but I'm also like so obsessed with my friends dating profiles. Like I literally, if I was not the founder of social curator, I would be like, I am going to have a business just getting people's dating profiles because I get it. Like I get the psychology of engagement. Like y'all, I would kill the game. I would kill the online dating game. I would be a terrible dater, but man, I could get your profile looking fine. You can add it to like just all of the things that you're already rocking at. You know? I love it. That's great. That's great. I am kind of curious about the live thing. We have a little bit of time left. So I would like to, you know, the whole like live video is where it's at. So give us some tips on that. Yeah. I mean, here y'all, I'm just going to break it down to the best of my ability. And so for people who say I talk fast, no, you listen slow. You can slow down the podcast or you can listen to it again. It's going to be great for downloads for the chicken influencer. All right, let's go. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that the live is at a place of service and you're giving so much value and benefits that you're training people to number one, trust you. So every time you go live, they know that they're going to get something valuable. The last thing you want is to go live and not be prepared to honor their time mm-hmm. because time is the most valuable thing that you have. So what it, so that somebody has, so if you go live and you're like, Jonathan, can you please turn off that television kids? Hold on guys. Let me get my coffee together. Let me just, we don't, nobody wants to watch you be a hot mess. That is just real talk on the internet. So if you say I am here to honor your time and I'm going to show up with value and benefits, the best place to start would be to get a post-it note. And on the post-it note, because people often say, Jasmine, but what do I talk about? Well, your post-it note is going to be your ghetto fabulous cue card that you're going to place on your phone just off to the left of the camera, right? So if you shift your eyes a tiny bit, people can see you have notes, but it's all good. So this note is going to guide you through number one, the point you want to make, aka your thesis. What do you want people to know? What questions do you often get asked? asked or number three, what do you wish you knew when you first started selling what you were selling? Those are three ways for you to show up. Then what I want you to do is come up with three to five insights. This is your perspective on a commonly held belief or question. And then lastly, you're going to ask for the engagement that you want. So I think that you are such a powerful entrepreneur that even if a million people have talked about the same topic, that you are uniquely qualified to offer your insights, your perspective, and your shaping of the world. And I might say something, and you might say the exact same thing, but people don't want to hear it from me the way that I say it. So regardless of whatever is stopping you from going live, if you show up to number one, honor time, number two, offer value and benefits, and number three, show up with a thesis, giving insights and valuable things, and then asking for people to engage you're going to be a success, but you're going to be a success in a very long time. And this is where 99% of the people give up. Success on Instagram live goes only to those who know how to sit in the suck. Because when you are, when you are live and nobody is watching, And when you are live and you remember that girl from 11th grade in homeroom who just said, you're weird and nobody wants to talk to you, that starts coming up when you're live and nobody's watching. When you're live and nobody's watching and somebody says like in in the preschool pickup line, oh, it was so cute. I saw you. I know. I was was a little bored. And then, yeah, I don't think anybody was there, but it's so brave of you to show up. Mm -hmm. And that makes you want to quit. They won. 
if you can just sit and understand that the value of the live isn't in going live, but in the replay, because people watch it on the replay. And the minute somebody leaves a comment, you're going to DM them and you're going to say, thank you so much. You're going to send them a personal thank you note. And the next time you go live, there's a much higher likelihood of them actually showing up for you. If you lead with value, if you lead with benefits, if you honor their time, if you show up as the best representation of your business, you're going to win the game as long as it's contingent on you sitting in the sock. So good. Mic drop. Love it so much. <laughs> I feel like a little pocket Jasmine can just remind us of this message all the time. Oh my God. No way. You don't, nobody, here's the thing. The pocket Jasmine sounds great in theory, but it's literally like the WB frog. It's like put it in a box, hide it in a closet, run away because I'm going to come out. I'm going to give you my opinion about opinions all the time. My poor sweet husband. But hey, I'm here for whenever you need a little pick me up. DM me, I'll, I'll hit you up, girl. I love it. I love it. All right, so tell our listeners where they can they can connect with you, engage with you. Where's the best place that they can find you? I think I know, but you can let them know too. Thank you. Thank you. You can find me on all forms of social media at Jasmine Star and at jasminestar.com. And for people who are interested in building a brand and marketing on social media, you can find out more information at socialcurator.com. Thank you so much. It was Thank such you, a ladies. pleasure. It was such Thank a pleasure to have you today. Thank you for listening to the Make Chic Happen podcast with your hosts, Melanie Mitro and Katie Ersta. If you loved our podcast, be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.